Wait a second. You're supposed to be at the table <laughs> when we're recording. I wanted more light. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Welcome back to the table. I was going to say, welcome back to them or me. And listeners, welcome back to Prosecco Theory. Here we are. I was going to check our numbers today. Oh. We're creeping up on 15,000 downloads. We're at 14,255 right now. And let's see how many countries we have. 52. 52 countries. That's right. Thanks, everybody, for listening out there all over the world. <laughs> we appreciate you. You know, the good thing about having listeners in other countries is that they can give us all the deets on Love is Blind in their country. Yes. I've seen that on Netflix, there's a season available from Japan and a season from Brazil. Somebody on Twitter was saying the Brazil one is real good. Are those going to be dubbed into English? Because that would be really weird. But if they're not, then they're subtitled, which means I can't watch that show the way I normally watch that show, Yeah, which is halfway watching that show. I think I'd rather see subtitles than dubbing. I agree. I'd like to talk about Love is Blind and more like the concept behind it than the show. I would love to break down the show, but I don't want to get too deep into the specifics of the season or Mm -hmm. anything. Because number one... I don't want to totally spoil it. Although if you haven't watched it already, what the fuck have you even been doing? Where have you been? <laughs> I've even seen it all. Exactly. Even Megan has watched the whole thing. <laughs> but I really want to talk about the concept of the show. So for all you people out there who don't give a shit about the actual show, mom, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you might still enjoy this conversation. That's right. Because the concept is still interesting, even if you hate people on reality TV. <laughs> Which is fair. Which is typically the kind of people they will cast. The people on reality TV? Because who's going to try out for reality TV except for the kind of people that go on reality TV? Yeah, I mean, gone are the days where you're like, what? I didn't expect this. I didn't think it was going to be like this. Everybody knows what it's like going on reality TV. Right. Yeah. You know you're going to be on camera all the time. And so you have full fucking makeup done even when you're going into a pod where the person you're dating can't see you. Right. You know that you're going to be isolated from the rest of the world. Heavily edited. Right. Unflattering editing, most likely. (laughs) Probably, yeah. They might take something that you said at 3 o'clock yesterday and splice it with something you said at 7 a.m. this morning. Funny you should bring that up because, okay, so I said I wasn't going to get into the specifics, but (laughs) this is not a spoiler specific. This is just kind of a production detail. They all drink out of metal cups all the time, like metal wine glasses, right? Because they don't want to have to deal with continuity problems. Right. They want to be able to splice shit together that didn't go in order. Right. To tell a story, to create a narrative. But if I have a mimosa in there in the morning and then I've got red wine at night and it keeps cutting back and forth, or if it's, you know, the full glass and then barely anything, full glass, barely anything, then everyone can tell. So they just took that out of the equation. So enjoy the full manipulation you will experience. Just know that that's what you're getting and settle (laughs) in for the ride, folks. Okay, so let's talk about (laughs) what the actual show is. So here's one thing that's a little different than other dating shows. All of the cast comes from the same city. Mm -hmm. And so the first year, everyone was from Atlanta. This year, everyone was from Chicago, right? Theoretically, they cast season three, which should be out next year in Seattle. So hopefully that's true. Uh, I'm not sure why they didn't call us. (laughs) We didn't apply. Um, (laughs) But they were looking here. I don't know if that means like this was a city they were looking in and they had others as well. But I hope it's in Seattle. We're going to have fun with that if it is. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, sorry. 
Okay, how many men and how many women? It sounds like they started with like 40 to 50 people total, and then they kind of pared it down to 15 men and 15 women. And caveat for this entire fucking thing, it's all very heteronormative. It's based on the men meeting women model. That is just the way the show is, so that's how we're going to talk about it. Which is something Netflix has been a little bit criticized for. Absolutely. Because they are not ad-based television like The Bachelor. They have a little bit more freedom Mm -hmm. to do it differently if they want to. And so they had an opportunity to not go so heteronormative. And, you know, they didn't. They still stuck with that. And maybe in coming years, they'll do something like that. I hope they will. It would be nice to see something. Really quick, I want to go back to what you were saying that they um, are casting all from one city. Like you need to live in Atlanta to be on season one. You need to live in Chicago to be on season two. Because... They don't want people to have to deal with the logistics of, okay, so I fell in love with this person in 10 days in the pods. Now what? Somebody has to pick up and move their life, which for anyone who's listened for more than two minutes will know that I think that's a fucking great idea. (laughs) Right? I don't know. I mean, they could be like five miles north of Seattle and five miles south of Seattle, and that's just not going to work for you. I would let that roll. I'm just saying if, if I went on a show like this and the person lived in fucking Milwaukee, how am I supposed to tell them, no, you need to come move your life to me? That doesn't seem fair. Because you're definitely not going to. Exactly. You said a lot of things there that might be confusing to people when you said pods and 10 days. And okay, so going back to the 15 men, 15 women, Mm -hmm. they have separate living quarters. Have we talked about this before? I I feel like we've at least touched on it at some point. Well, I'm still going over it in case someone's new. Welcome, newbie. (laughs) Glad you're here. I know it's really weird to think that people don't hang on our every word and memorize it all, but it's possible. (laughs) I don't understand. Sorry to burst that bubble. So anyway, every day they date each other. They go on multiple dates. And the way that they date each other is that they go into these pods. They are a room with like a couch and a little fridge and a wall that you talk to with a speaker Mm -hmm. because you cannot see who's on the other side. Yes. And then the person of another gender is on the other side and they have the same setup. So you can hear each other and you can talk to each other, but you can't see each other at all. And the goal is marriage. (laughs) That's not what I thought you were going to (laughs) say. What I was going to say is The goal is to see if you can fall in love with someone without knowing what they look like. Right. But then, of course, you know, there's a whole marriage proposal thing built into it. and That's the only way you get to actually see this other person is if you fall in love and either propose or get proposed to, depending on which of those genders you are, which is all, again, very... Right. They make the men propose, right? Yes. The men have to be the ones to propose. Mm -hmm. Fuck that, man. If I want to propose, I'm going to fucking propose. (laughs) Ask me. (laughs) Ask me. Hey, dude. I'll say yes. Ask me. (laughs) (laughs) So then after they've decided that they are for sure in love, they have their big reveal Mm -hmm. and they get to see each other. It's a really interesting concept because a lot of people have said that it's not that different than an arranged marriage. 
There's um, a whole conversation to be had with that. Yeah. Although I don't know, because it's not common in our culture, I don't know how much interaction people that are going into arranged marriages have in advance of that. I don't know much about the logistics of arranged marriage, but from what I understand, it completely depends on the situation. Like there are some that are completely arranged and that people have never even talked before. There are some where they have the opportunity to meet and get to know each other before the marriage. It just totally depends. It's situational. Right. The issue that I have thought about with that is that most of Western culture, most white people, I think, don't really understand the idea of arranged marriage, don't give it much credence, Mm -hmm. think that it's, quote, weird. And yet now we're watching a thing with mostly white people doing basically that and celebrating it. Mm -hmm. So there's a big double standard there. Another thing worth noting is that these individuals are basically saying, well, I've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. So I guess I'm going to try this. It's like last resort for them. You know, Mm -hmm. whereas in a lot of cultures, it's the first choice, the way that you do it. Yeah. And the success rate is about the same. Well, that's the thing. Traditional Western marriage where we court each other and (laughs) date and whatever, spend a bunch of time before getting married only works half the fucking time. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, these arranged marriages have a better success rate than that. And who knows how much of that is cultural, like it's not okay to get divorced. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not educated enough about it either. But going back to the whole concept of the pods and not seeing the person, Mm -hmm. I remember there being a point because, you know, they only talk for like 10 days. 10 days. (laughs) Just 10 days to fall in love and get engaged. (laughs) And then side note, you go on a quick little trip to Mexico with them and the other couples that got engaged, and then you're getting married four weeks later. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Could you imagine getting married to somebody that you just met like two months ago? No, I absolutely fucking could not. (laughs) So we were talking about the things that they discuss in these pods. Some of them get real vulnerable real quick. And I remember asking you when one girl was talking about something particularly hard, like, gosh, could you imagine... Do you think this is too vulnerable, too fast? Like, is it weird? Or do you think that's what this whole thing is all about? And you said something (laughs) like, I think that's what this whole thing's all about. And I think I'd be real good at this. And I'm like, yes, I think honestly, I do think I would be good at it. I would never (laughs) do it because I don't believe in that timeline or process. But I think that what you need to do in that situation is be willing to just be open and vulnerable and talk about all the important shit, Mm -hmm. which includes here's some fucked up stuff that I've done. Here's stuff that's happened to me. There's stuff that's happened in my life, whatever it is, which I'm pretty good at that. So yeah, (laughs) I think I'd do okay. Right. You get all the proposals. (laughs) So do you believe that you can fall in love with someone without seeing them? And then if you meet them in person, and you don't feel strong physical chemistry, that doesn't matter? Hmm. Like, you'll get there because you're in love with the person? Or do you think it's just too important to not know if there's that physical chemistry between the two of you? Okay, well, I'm going to separate that into a couple different questions. So yes, I do think you can fall in love with somebody without seeing them. Okay, you can definitely fall in love with someone's character and build a strong relationship with somebody. I do think that there is an attraction component, a physical component, a chemistry, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's meaningless. So if you fall completely in love with somebody and when you see them, they're absolutely nothing like what you would have thought or would have wanted or whatever, Mm -hmm. I think it would be hard. If that was me, I would hope 
that I would be a big enough person to really fucking try. Right. Because I do think that the more you know somebody, the more you get to know somebody, the deeper a relationship gets, that person can absolutely become more and more beautiful to you. Right. I think it's tough, though. It is tough because a relationship with somebody that's romantic is not all intellectual, right? There has to be like some kind of physical act of love that occurs. And I don't even just mean sex. I mean, like a desire to hug and kiss. Yeah, show affection. affection. Yeah. And so if you you are not finding yourself interested in providing any of that affection to your partner, mm-hmm. they're going to be probably longing for that, especially yeah. if what is the love language? Um, physical touch. Physical touch. <laughs> what is that again? You mean your love language? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I do think on the first season, there was one couple where the girl really thought that she was in love with a guy until she saw him. And I feel like I mean, she was a hot mess anyway, but I feel like the minute she saw him, you could almost see it on her face that she was like, nope. You could, but I also think she kind of tricked herself into thinking she was in love with him because really she wanted somebody else and didn't get to have him. So, well, that's true. The other thing about the physical connection is that I totally agree with you that affection, physical component needs to be there and is more important for some people than others. But I don't think you can have none of it. Mm -hmm. But as time goes on, as you get older, that stuff sort of wanes a bit. And what you're left with, hopefully, is deep, serious companionship, right? Right. I think it would be a lot harder to have that without having a basis that had some physical affection, good physical connection, Mm -hmm. at least for me, it would be, but it's not like they're going to fuck like bunnies for their whole lives. I mean, if you're lucky, great. You probably will. So (laughs) congrats, but that's not the most important thing. And that's certainly not the thing that's going to last for the rest of your life. Right. Well, when you're really young, it's really important. And the other stuff is less important. And then the scale starts to shift, right? And the older you get, the less important it gets. Maybe. I just think that as you settle into a life with somebody and you've been in it for 10, 20, 30 years, look at me talking like I fucking know what that's like. (laughs) I just think that hopefully you still have that component to your lives and you're both fulfilled in whatever amount of sex or affection or whatever it is. But I think that just by nature of getting older, people are typically less interested in that. So yeah. Could you imagine if dating apps didn't allow any pictures it would be I've tried that. <laughs> what? All you could do was read about people mm-hmm. before you could meet them. That would be similar. But then in a way, the mm. addition of the pictures, I still think you can see someone's photos, think they're good looking, have great conversation with them. And like we talk about, you show up and you have no in-person chemistry. Right. And then you're not interested in moving forward. Yeah. But that chemistry is not just physical attraction. It's not. No. I don't fully understand pheromones or any of that shit, but I'm sure that that plays a part. Uh, you clearly just shoot them out everywhere you go. Oh my God. So <laughs> just squirting oh, pheromones all over the ew, place. Oh, that's, that's not a good image. I think I would say they flow out of me. Mm. I don't squirt. They flow out of me. Um, <laughs> what I actually meant, though, was the dynamic with the dialogue and the banter and all that. That's part of chemistry too. Yes. What I was going to actually say. Before you start talking about my squirting. Yeah. Squirting. Yeah. I mean, I I can do that too. (laughs) Lucky girl. I think that it's really different. You know, you can have incredibly in-depth conversations over text. I have done that. I have gotten to know people that way, Mm -hmm. but there is a really different dynamic being in person. Even if you can't see them, 
and having conversations, being able to hear the little like catch in their voice when they're going to laugh or there's, oh, there's, you mean like in the show, you think they could establish some chemistry even without seeing each other? Absolutely. I see. Cause it's in person. Yes. It's just that they can't see each so other. So I'm not saying it's impossible over texting, but I think if you're actually talking and you get to hear the person's voice, it just adds another level to it. Which app was it that you were showing me a while back that you could record your voice mm. answering one of those pre-established questions Hinge. instead of just typing an answer? It's on Hinge. That's That's pretty cool. Yeah. Then you get to hear somebody's voice too, because we've talked about this. What if you like match with somebody and they're fucking amazing and they're so hot and everything's so good. The conversation's amazing and you get in person and they sound like fucking Mickey Mouse. Mm. What would you do? (laughs) Run. Right. Like that's hard. (laughs) Yeah. There's all these little things that we have ideas about the way that things will be or quote should be, you know, I hate that word, but, and then if something doesn't meet that, it at the very least takes a minute to kind of get past. Yeah. You know, have you ever dated someone that has a thing like that, like an annoying voice or an annoying laugh or something that you had to try to get past? You know, I don't think so. Certainly not dated for any amount of time. What about like a coworker or a friend's boyfriend or husband or something? I mean, have I known annoying people? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'm struggling to come up with an example right now, but I've certainly worked with people. I mean, I worked in the industry, the industry being hospitality. Mm-hmm. I, I say that like everyone <laughs> fucking knows what the industry is. Anyway, for so long that I've worked with hundreds of people. Uh-huh. And so, yes, some of them have annoyed the shit out of me, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, like a particularly annoying trait. Yeah, no, lots of them. Like a voice or a... Yeah. So imagine trying to date somebody that you meet in person. I can't. And they've got something like that. <laughs> I just had a realization. What's that? Our kids have done this to us. That is somebody... You mean that, be annoying? Yes. No, no. Like <laughs> make an annoying noise or oh, manners. Oh, my God. <laughs> you I mean, mean like when my daughter used to be upset and crying and I told her to stop making that noise? <laughs> like that? That's somebody that you still have to try to love. <laughs> yeah, she did make a distinct noise. Oh, God, it was obnoxious. You just, you couldn't do it anymore. And you're like, please stop please making stop. that noise stop <laughs> instead of noise. comforting her. It's oh hilarious. God. I mean, I, please don't get me wrong, folks. I comforted my daughter plenty. There just came a point where I'm like this. This is not real crying. This is some <laughs> bullshit and I'm done. Oh, man. Anywho, what the fuck was I going to say? <laughs> One of my daughters makes a noise that sounds like a pterodactyl. And I called my daughter a pterodactyl when she was a baby because she would screech happily. Okay. This is a kid who's almost 12 and she makes this noise. Sounds kind of like a cross between like a pterodactyl and a baby crying. She does it because she knows it annoys us. And she'll do it just to like get a laugh for herself and get under Uh her skin. I feel like I've started. (laughs) I'm starting to like need to watch myself around her because she's in that phase where she's kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. I love her dearly. Mm -hmm. But she's the one in the room that's making those noises or being super sassy and like Mm -hmm. talking back to you or giving you fucking attitude. And I have started to just call her on it. And I'm like, this is not my fucking place. I should stop. No, (laughs) I would never think that it wasn't your place because she knows you so well. And I don't ever think you crossed the line. But if I do, please tell me, because there are moments that she pushes the buttons and I'm like, "Eh, knock it off. She's having that moment (laughs) right now. for sure. I mean, they all have a moment all the time, but she's immersed in it. Anyway. Anyway, child rabbit hole done. How much do you think deal breakers factor in in Love is Blind? Like children, pets, family situations. Well, clearly none of these people have kids. (laughs) 
<laughs> that they know of. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But I think that would be a big deal that if I went into that show with deal breakers, I would get those out of the way first. Mm-hmm. You know, like, should we even continue talking or is it a waste of time? Mm-hmm. I feel like the cast can be pretty vindictive to each other to get what they want. Maybe. But how much of that do you think is editing? Well, that's fair. I don't think we actually have a fucking clue what goes on in those things. Because the producers tell a story they want to tell. That's true. You could be totally chill and cool 95% of the time. Right. And if 5% of the time you're like drunk or you're crying because you had a bad day or whatever, you could have two bad days the whole time and they could take snippets of those two days Mm -hmm. and stretch them out for the whole season. Yeah. Who knows? Have you watched any of the other shows that are kind of the similar premise? Like 90 Day Fiance and Married at First Sight. So everyone talks about 90 Day Fiance. I've never watched it. I don't totally understand. I'm assuming that means you have 90 days until then you marry that person. I think it's because someone on a visa, maybe, and okay. 90 days before they have to go back. Oh. And so you get the end of a, the 90 days, you can either marry them or they, or go, they home. go back home. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I haven't watched that one. But I've watched one season of Married at First Sight. Did you watch that? Mm -mm, I haven't seen that one. Okay. Married at First Sight is literally what it sounds like, except that the people on it get paired by professionals. Professional matchmakers? No, like relationship and marriage counselors, psychologists. There are a couple pastors involved, actually, which I guess first people who religion's really important to them, that's a good thing. But these are people who are trained marriage counselors, and they do this extensive interview. How often does it work out then? I have no idea. I've watched one season out of 12. (laughs) Okay, well, how many people in the first season worked out? I would honestly have to look and see. Yeah, I'm not totally sure because like on Love is Blind, the finale is the weddings and they can say I do or I don't, right? There have been a few success stories from that, but there are also lots of them that say no at the altar. And then that's where the show ends. On Married at First Sight, that's how the show begins. The first episode. And then then they have like two months to get to know each other. Does that mean that at the end of that time that they can annul the marriage or something? They have to get an actual divorce. Like these are full marriages. I hope there's some prenups. I have no idea. I mean, if I'm marrying somebody that I've never right. met or talked to or anything, we're doing a fucking prenup. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They should have um, a lawyer delegated into yeah. this. And maybe they do. It's a big fucking TV show that's been going on for years and years. So probably there's some lawyers involved. But it's interesting because it's the matchmaker idea. And it's the same thing. It's people who said, you know what? Nothing else has really been working for me. I've tried dating. I have these issues. I can't seem to find love, whatever it is. Yeah. And so they turn to this, like going to a matchmaker mm-hmm. and give them a full idea of who they are and what it is they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Then they get paired with somebody who these professionals think is a really good match. And they literally meet at the fucking altar. I mean, that is extreme, but I honestly think that probably has a better shot of working out than somebody just even on their own for 10 days talking to people for 15 minutes at a time or whatever. Yeah. And then making a choice. Probably. I haven't watched enough of it to really know what the track record is, but yeah. What um, network is that on? It's on Lifetime, and there are a bunch of the seasons on Hulu right now. Hmm. I just started today (laughs) watching the 12th season, and I already feel very invested in one of the couples, and I hope they work out. Is that the most recent season? Well, it's the most recent one on Hulu, so maybe. 
I also have this love-hate relationship with all these things because I feel embarrassed by the fact that I watch them, but I also love them and I'll talk about it. But the <laughs> ratings are bananas. I mean, so I'm not tons, alone. Tons of people watch them. Of course. In fact, I went on a date not too long ago where on the very first date, the guy admitted to me that he watches 90 Day Fiance. And I was like, oh, I watch those shows. Like, don't, Absolutely. don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone needs a brain break. Right. So maybe I don't need to be embarrassed by it at all. I don't have to hate watch them. I think you should quit judging yourself. That's the thing. Because I'm going to do it anyway. And I'll still talk about it. But I do judge myself <laughs> about it. I need to let that go. Do any of the people on Married at First Sight ever have children? Is it always people that have never been married, never had kids? Well, again, I've seen very little of it, so I don't know if ever, but um, the ones I've seen, they did not have kids. Okay. Honestly, I would heavily judge someone who went into that situation as a parent. Really? Yes. Huh. Would you put your kids in a situation where you married a complete stranger and then that stranger was just their stepdad? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Wow. <laughs> I was more thinking for some reason, just like the whole going on a reality TV show. But yeah. I mean, but there's an after. Like, it's one thing if you're going Mommy's on Survivor. Home, <laughs> yeah. And she brought a new dad. Say hi to your new daddy. <laughs> it's one thing if you're going on Survivor or something and you're gonna just going to be gone for a little while. Mm -hmm. But you're not coming home with a new fucking family member. I feel like I do that on every work trip. Just going on a Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. But yeah, I think that because the point of these shows is the forever after that I'm glad you didn't say happily. <laughs> no, because most of the time it's not. Exactly. But yeah, you can't sign your kids up for that. That's fucking terrible. So that I don't know. I certainly haven't seen it. I will say that this latest season that I started watching today, there was one guy who had been married and divorced. Of the, I think there were five couples total. Okay. Speaking of kids and these shows, my older daughter was pretty into Love is Wind watching it with me this season. <laughs> she and I debriefed about the reunion before I could debrief with you because you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I like sat down, I had some pizza. I drank like three sips of wine and passed the fuck out. And then she watched the rest of it. And she had all kinds of thoughts and feelings and was very frustrated that she couldn't share them with me. Well, don't worry. I, I helped her through some of those. <laughs> Thanks for pinch hitting there. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I do make sure to tell her this is not real, right? Like this is, isn't how this really happens. This, this is not is, how life works. Yeah. And, yeah. and she, knows, she knows just for entertainment. Yeah. But we have other friends whose kids watch The Bachelor sometimes <laughs> too. It's just entertainment, right? Well, I told her it's a social experiment. It's fucking true. And then I explained it. But yeah. that was the first thing I told her. It's not a real thing. It's a, no. it's an experiment. And they even call it that, the cast members. So Yes, they do. I think that part of why I really enjoy watching these things as much as I judge myself, but I was thinking about this today, is because from a psychological perspective, it's fucking fascinating. I think a lot of people like it for that reason. Yeah. Who are you and what have you been through to get you to a point that you want to do something like this? Mm -hmm. And how do you behave under these circumstances? Right. Especially the people who are fucking bananas. Right. You know cameras are on you mm -hmm. and you're acting like that? Like, what do you act like when they're not on you? I wonder if you just get desensitized to it after a while. I mean, hopefully. Otherwise, how could you ever even be yourself and do the thing you're trying to do? Yeah. I do hope that in future seasons, because clearly there will be more. And like I said, they've already wrapped filming on the third season. Of Love is Blind? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, filming's done. 
but I don't know if it was actually in Seattle. I really fucking hope it was. I think that'd be cool. But I hope that they commit to more diversity in terms of everything, frankly. There were a couple women on this last season who had bigger body types mm-hmm. who you didn't see after the first episode. Right. There is some ethnic diversity, but not a ton. You know, it's mostly white people. Right. I would like it to be more representative of the actual population. The world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or at least more representative of the place that it's being held. You know, Atlanta has a very diverse population Mm -hmm. and it was mostly fucking skinny white people. It doesn't seem very real. And of course, they're still casting for a reality show and they have to think about what people want to watch. But I want to watch. I was going to say reality. I think and, and diversity and inclusion. Want to watch, you I know, people so. that look like them. Right? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Okay, Netflix. Are you listening? <laughs> Here is what you need to do. Number one, you need to have a season that is full of LGBTQ people and let them sort it out. Like, don't worry about, do we have this the right number of people for the right number? Just have some... Well, that community is Sexually very, fluid people. Very good about communicating, like we've talked exactly. about in the class. They'll get that shit out of the way as soon as they walk in the room. I think that'd be fucking great. I would watch the shit out of that. Um, I would like to see an entire plus-size season. I just want to see more, more fucking representation for right. everyone. Right. Netflix, <laughs> are you listening? Okay, I have a question. Okay. So how do you think you would do in that scenario? Terrible. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I think that because especially the dates are like, what, 15 minutes? Well, it sounds like certainly in the beginning when every single woman has to date every single man to start to narrow it down, right? Okay. Everyone has to meet everyone. They have seven-minute dates, 10 to 15 seven-minute dates a day. For the first few days. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like speed dating. Right. Which then, I've done. Yeah, which we have done, <laughs> which we have detailed on some prior episode that I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, same. But once you kind of start to narrow it down, it sounds like you can request time with whoever and you can be in there for hours at a time with them. And okay. Yeah. Not a lot oh. of sleeping going on, from what I understand. Oh, really? Yeah. They're using all that time. Yeah. yeah that's exactly why I wouldn't be very good at it. <laughs> Because I would probably run out of things to say that I was comfortable saying, you know, I don't think that with someone I've never really met and don't really know, I could go super deep like that. I bet you'd surprise yourself. It seems like that's what happened with these people. But then if you can't, you're trapped. Well, (laughs) or you go home because clearly you're not getting any airtime if you're not opening up and you're not going to find anybody. So they just send you home. Yeah, I'd probably be packing my bags (laughs) the second day. So, no, I I think you'd be really good at it. I think I'd be terrible at it. (laughs) I like watching people go through this social experiment, but I just don't think I could have the emotional stamina for it. I almost wish that I was willing to do anything like that because I really think I'd be great. I'm not sure that... Just do it. (laughs) No. Again, I think it's awful if you have kids to just do something like that and then bring home a new daddy. Like, I'm not going to do it. Okay. But... I also would have massive insecurities about the after. The meeting the person? Yeah. Well, even the people that look Amazing. stunning, yeah, <laughs> yeah, have insecurity because everybody is worried, like, what if I'm not what they think or what they yeah. prefer? Right. Also, ain't nobody 43 on that show. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did appreciate, and probably because it was on Netflix, the realness of it. Yeah. You know, the hosts, Nick and Vanessa Lachey, There was a point when Vanessa said, 
you just came on this show to fuck. And oh, I yeah. was like, dang, girl. Yeah, like, she went after that guy. I don't well, want to give too much. It. He did. I don't want to give too much away if you haven't watched it yet. But what I'm yeah. saying is that I think that they're able to keep it more real. And totally. even just the raw emotion and they're dropping F-bombs and mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, this is real emotion. This isn't them having to be restrained and polished. And I would never and- be able to be cast on network TV. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. would need to be on your premium cable. You're a Netflix girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Same, though. Yeah. I, I hear yeah. you. Yeah, if the network won't let me swear, you're going to probably be bleeping a lot of stuff and then have to well, cut me off the show. Someday when we do our Prosecco Theory special, then we'll just have to make <laughs> sure that we go to our Hulu first, or... Our first comedy special. Right. We'd have to figure out a way to edit live. We'll put some thought into it. That's scary. <laughs> Okay, if you haven't watched Love is Blind, I hope we didn't ruin anything for you. And maybe you should watch it. If you're not interested in it, that's fine, too. You don't have to be. But you should be interested in going online and finding us (laughs) at at ProseccoTheory.com. Oh, my gosh. That was a new spin. Or just email us about how much you hate us at cheers at ProseccoTheory.com. Yeah. At least you took the time to reach out. Right, something. Yeah. Um, Let's see. TeePublic.com is the merch. Rate, review, subscribe, follow, tell your friends, send us flowers. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Where would they send them? Fuck if I know. Send us some virtual flowers or gift cards or, you know, whatever. Somebody (laughs) sent me a bottle of wine. They use this app called Drizzly. Yeah, it says, what do you have, Megan? And it's all beer and alcohol and wine and stuff. And you can order this. So like I got a message saying, hey, so-and-so sent you a gift from Drizzly. Then I could pick a time to schedule when my gift would be dropped off. But I had to be present with ID. And it says, here's a hint, it's alcohol. And so you don't know exactly Ah. what it is. But then you're home at the designated time and they bring it to you. Well, and does that person even need to know your address at that point? Or did you put your address in? Well, he asked me for my address, but I bet you could put your own address in when you schedule the time. So that's always an option, folks. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) if you wanted to send us something. (laughs) If you don't know, we like Prosecco. (laughs) Okay, this is devolving fast. Yeah. Cheers, friend. Cheers. Cheers.